Welcome to the Bushels and Barrels podcast. My name is Ryan Peter, otherwise known as Bushels and Barrels on TikTok with boots on the ground in the real world. I am hanging out with my lovely wife on this inaugural edition of the program. Say hello, Jessica. Hello, Jessica. Oh, man. So here we are, close to Christmas. First episode coming down. What a gift for everybody. Mm-hmm. I hope it's not one they want to take back. <laughs> I think it's a good idea for you to introduce yourself to people who don't know you personally. Okay. Well, my name is Ryan Peter. We uh, live in southeastern Illinois. Uh Probably 300 miles south of Chicago. Basically, if you know where Evansville, Indiana is, and you go straight across the Indiana-Illinois border, eh, hour north, we're right there. I'm a farmer, and I'm an oil producer. I'm a pilot, although I don't have a plane right now. Oh, you hate that, don't you? (laughs) I got really upset when you decided to sell it. Yeah. Because you love it so much. It brings so much joy to you. I do. I do. But... Beyond that, I'm a, I'm a conservative. I'm a rush baby. I don't know. I'm a f- all around good, fun guy. I think mm-hmm. make you laugh. Probably push the envelope a little bit too far sometimes. Sometimes, you know. But I think you'll enjoy the the program and and what we have to offer here. I'm gonna have guests from time to time, uh, ones that you will probably know, other ones you might not have ever heard of that I think would be interesting and make for good listening. Yeah. So. Well, let's make a go of it. You want to? You have a great voice for radio. Do you think so? Yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> I love your voice through an aviation <laughs> headset. That's what I always used to tell Jessica when her and I were flying, because we had these Bose A20 aviation headsets. You want to talk about perfect, crisp, clear sound. Yep. And her voice coming across. You know, honestly, this might real be- sweet. <laughs> This mic does you good work, too. Thanks. <laughs> How do you I'm- feel about my voice when I'm not in a mic? <laughs> oh you're a mess i know it i know it so anyway so here we are it's the beginning of high school basketball season in illinois this is not something that is specific to mount carmel our hometown this is something that's specific to the deep blue ugly state of illinois so my son and his girlfriend go to a basketball game, high school basketball game the other night. Son comes home and he reports to me that these poor players are having to wear masks up and down the court running. You know, the ones that need oxygen the most are masked up. Uh, the coaches are masked up. The referees are masked up. But guess who's not masked up? The audience. The fans. Shoulder what? to shoulder. No social distancing. Shame on them. What part of that story makes any sense? Zero. And here, here's ultimately what, and this is, like I said, this is not specific to Mount Carmel. This is everywhere in the state of Illinois, the communist state of Illinois. It's crazy. J.B. Hirohito. <laughs> A little <laughs> World War II lingo there for you. He was down in Carterville yesterday. I guess they're opening as casino at Walker's Bluff. So that's interesting. I had heard that. Mm-hmm. So... Anyways, no masks for the spectators, which I, I'm perfectly fine with. The bullshit about this is we have a junior college, the Wabash Valley Warriors, and they have a basketball team. Actually, they got a really good basketball program right there. We're generally always in the in, in the uh, the big dance for the Junior College Association. Uh, something Mount Carmel's really proud of. I they don't have to wear masks when they play basketball. No, no masks for coaches. I mean, obviously, 
anybody that wants to wear a mask has, they can, no big deal, but it's not mandated. Mm. So all this, all this is kind of telling me is that this COVID-19 is only spread on a basketball court amongst basketball players. High school. High school basketball <laughs> players. See, I got to say that high school yeah. thing. So it's only spread against amongst those people. It's only spread from coaches to either players or other coaches. Actually, let's back up. I'm pretty sure it's just public school sports teams in Illinois. It, it is. It's yeah. indoors. Yeah. You know, the volleyball season, uh, which we didn't have a podcast then, but the volleyball players, uh, those those ladies had they to had wear to masks. Wear, uh, just stupid. Absolutely stupid. But the people watching them didn't. And, and, and the bad thing about this is I just, I'm, Maybe this is too simple, but I'm like, where are the adults that step back and go, you know, this is stupid. Yeah. Even the school board members, the superintendent, the administrators, where are these people that step back? I mean, how do you, how do you go to a, a high school indoor function and sit there knowing you're not wearing a mask, but you're watching all these other people mandated to wear a mask that's actually participating in the sport? And their children. And their kids, yeah, the, the the demographic that does not spread the disease, yeah, virus, the pandemic, yeah. But where are the adults? I I, I want to know. I think it takes courage to stand up, to be the first to stand up and say no mo. Yeah, and a lot of people don't have courage, especially in the public school system. No, they don't. We've we've it, found that out here in the last year. Definitely, it's been, we're coming up on a year since you've been, well, they tried to oust you. Um, for speaking up. For speaking up and yeah. speaking out, yeah. Yeah. You know, why don't we have people in leadership who say, Mr. Pritzker, shove it up your ass. Mm-hmm. Health department, shove it up your ass. Well, and the thing of it is that's so confusing is they don't have the they don't have the authority to make the decisions that they're making. It's just all empty. They're empty threats that they are making and people are just complying. That's exactly right. The school districts are just complying based on an empty threat. I, I mean, we can compare this to uh to to a Nazi concentration camp if you really want to be serious absolutely, about it. Absolutely. People Hey, why don't you go in there up? and why don't you go in there and take a shower and then we'll eat supper? Yeah. How'd that work out? That makes me sick to my stomach. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. In a way, this is exactly, why don't, you, why don't you put on your mask and we'll give you money from the state to keep you going. It's interesting you bring up, bring up you know, Germany. That How did they get there? It started like this. It did. It started like this. It started like this. To, a totalitarian regime starts to push forward, take all of your freedoms, and then good people just stand back and let it happen and think, well, it'll probably go away after comply. a while. Yeah, they just comply. We're from the government and we're here to help. Yeah. <laughs> you ever hear those words, you turn and run the other yeah, way. Yeah, well, it's happening. It it's is. happening it right now. It absolutely is. And people who are not awake and just think that, oh, the government wouldn't put us in a position, you know, to, to harm us or, or mandate anything to harm us. They're not going to harm our children. They're really not going to do it. Well, it's happening. Putting a face diaper on a third grader so that that third grader can't see the facial expressions of a teacher of their classmates, that is child abuse. Absolutely. It, there's no other way to describe that as child abuse. And, I, and I've had uh, our superintendent tell me, you know, really nobody, we don't really get a whole lot of complaints about it. Or do you think you're going to get a damn complaint out of a third grader? No. If they're respectful at all, they're just going to do what they're told. Absolutely. 
But unfortunately, that's the way the government's treating the, adults now. Do what we say. Well, yeah. go to hell. Yeah. Well, and you know, the parents, they've, they've come to, you know, we've all been, I guess, kind of brainwashed into, we need to do what we're told, right? We just do what we're told. We're built that way. The system has put us in that type of mindset. And the parents of these children that are in masks, even at private schools, they're just like, well, if it makes so-and-so happy, if it makes so-and-so happy, we're not going to, we're not going to cause any waves. We don't want to cause any drama. We don't want to be that parent to cause drama. You know what? It is time to stand up and stand out because if there were 15 parents saying we are done with the mask, I guarantee you changes would happen. You think just 15? Absolutely. 15 and how big of a school? Like how big of an enrollment? Are you talking 15 parents out of an enrollment of 30 at a small school? Are you talking 15 parents out of an enrollment of 700? I'm I'm talking it's going to start small. And it'll just continue to grow because freedom is contagious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I guarantee you there's 15 parents that would be willing to stand up if they all got together and did it together because it's. It, I, well, obviously there's outrage about this. You as my wife know how much my phone rings and dings from text messages of absolutely irate parents wanting me to do something being a school board member. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did, I did everything I could. I, I mean, we got a special meeting back in August to, to, for, the bo- for the board mm-hmm. to vote whether or not we were going to make masks mandatory for our students. And there was a turnout. There was a hell of a turnout. Kids and parents. There and was I guarantee you, they didn't turn out there because they wanted to see their kids with face diapers on. And two of the school board members actually said their boss, the school board's bosses, were in Springfield. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, how pathetic is that? No, your bosses are the people that's looking you right in the eye the right now. The taxpayers of this community. That's exactly right. And nobody, there's no one that needs to ever forget that. Right. You know? And I would have, it, it, it was so hard for me. And it's hard because I'm in a position where I'm your wife. So I'm a school board member's wife. Okay. Well, somebody should have called for those resignations of those school board members because they do not understand how it works. Well, I remember one member of the, uh, of the community that was in the stands that night. Cause I mean, we had packed stands for that school board meeting. Oh yeah. I remember after the board voted five to two to mask up these kids, obviously I'm an, I'm a no vote. And, and Susie Wood was a no vote. Yeah. And she is a sweetheart. Fantastic. Uh, as, as the school board was all leaving the meeting afterwards, I remember that I don't, I know who it was, but I'm not going to call them out on, on this podcast. One of them turning around, pointing at the five school board members that voted to mask up these kids and said, we will remember your faces. <laughs> That's what it's going to take. And it's going to take that in the next and the next election. I know there'll be some changes big time on our school board. Absolutely. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Totally. Yep. So that's what it's like to live in the deep blue state of Illinois. And I know you people that listen to me in New York state are dealing with the same thing. You you friends that I've got in California that are listening to me in, in Gavin Newsom land. You guys are dealing with the same, st- same stuff. More extreme to, to an extent. And you know what the bullshit about Illinois is? If, if you could take a bulldozer and push Chicago off into Lake Michigan, we would be as red as Texas. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't know. I think Chicago is 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 more red than what we think. There, there are pockets, but I don't want Adam Kinzinger red. 
Oh no! <laughs> you know he's oh no supposedly a Republican. Of course he's he's, he's gone now. He's a rhino. Yeah, you know what? And I tell you that brings up a great point. Whenever you talk about rhinos, Republicans in name only, you know who I dislike more than a liberal Democrat? A rhino. A rhino. Because I'm ready for the liberal Democrat to stab me in the back. Mm-hmm. That rhino, he'll sneak up on you. And I, I, I cannot. I think that's the way the, that's the way the Republican Party has been ran for so long. And I think until Trump, like, they're, that's the way they've always done it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, look at Mitch McConnell. You know, some days, Graham. some days I, I like Mitch McConnell. Most days I don't. Boo. Exactly. Yeah. He gone. Same, same with Lindsey Graham. I, man, he stabbed Trump in the back right as Trump was going out. You know, it, this has got to stop. You remember January 6th? I was there. Yeah, I remember. Oh, that's right. You were. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I was there. I came downstairs whenever Trump announced the, the rally on the 6th in D.C. I remember saying, it was, it was a few days after he announced, and I, I came to Ryan and I said, everything inside of me tells me to go to D.C. on the 6th, Ryan. And I've never been to D.C. Like, that's something that Ryan and I have always wanted to do to, together is just visit the city and go see the historical marks and, and just visit the city, especially when Trump was in office. I think I could spend a month in Smithsonian. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But I didn't get to do any of that. But I came downstairs and I said, Ryan, everything inside of me is telling me to go. So I get online and I'm like, who can I go with? Because I don't have any friends in town. And uh, then I have I have no conservative friends either. So I'm like, you do now. No, I do. Yeah, that was over a year ago. So um, I prayed really hard for conservative friendships. And you know what? God provided some really solid women in my life. Oh, great people. In the last nine, nine to 12 months. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, you know, describe the atmosphere. When you went on January the 6th, what did you see? We know what the media portrays it as. What did you see? The first emotion that I have about January 6th was on the car ride back, and I was so ticked off because we were hearing reports of how people were taking over this and that. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. The media is making us look like idiots. For being there. How many people do you think? I mean. Over a million. There were over a million million. people there. Oh, yeah. Over a million. For that Trump rally. Bush Stadium didn't do it justice. I've been to a packed Bush Stadium playoff game. And was it a playoff game that you and I went to? Well, we've been to multiple. Yeah. Well, no. And Bush Stadium, for those of you who don't know, that's where the St. Louis Cardinals play Major League Baseball. The amount of people there. uh, The word that I describe it best is electric. People singing, I'm, I'm talking anything from Christian worship songs to, you know, shouting and chanting USA and we love you and it just, just electric everywhere you went. What were the demographics of the people there? How old were they? People, all ages. I actually went with my mom. She's in her 50s. She had some friends from Tennessee and Kentucky and we actually all just kind of met at the same place. We stayed 15 minutes outside of uh, where the capital is. I couldn't even tell you which area we were at. But anyways, they were in their 70s, 60s, and my mom's 50, and I was in, I'm was in my 30s. So, so. it's just all over the board. Yeah. Was there, were there kids there? There was, yes, babies, people pushing and shrill, and it was freezing. Of course, those babies were all covered up and everything. But I'm telling you what, anywhere from baby, maybe not newborn, but babies in strollers that could not walk, could not talk, and uh, up to, I mean, the people I, I went with were in their 70s, late 70s. So, yeah, 
Yeah. And we actually almost did not go to the Capitol because we were on the White House grounds over by uh, the Washington Monu- Monument. Okay. <laughs> and um, there were just so many, there were so many people. I actually tried to meet up with our Congresswoman, uh, Mary Miller. Who is a rock star. Yeah, she is. I called her. We chatted for two minutes on the phone. I tried to get to where she was. She said that they were rushing her up to where the stage was being set. I tried to get up there. I tried. There was just no so way. Many people. So many people. I'm talking so many people. But it was awesome. You was heard awesome. Donald Trump talk, right? We left. He was two hours late. Okay. So they were so cold and ready to just go. They're like, okay, here, we're, we're here. We protested. We were there for four or five hours standing in the freezing cold wind. Now, when you say protested, I mean, yeah. I, I take it you had brick bats and you were throwing them through windows. Absolutely not. Matches, we lighting things right, on fire. We have the right to peacefully protest, and that was what was called. So I left. We left and headed towards the Capitol as Don Jr. was finishing up speaking. We heard Rudy speak. Um, I can't remember who was right before Trump, but it was like, oh my gosh, come on. He was supposed to be here an hour and a half ago and he was two hours late. And so we, they said, okay, we're ready to go. And I'm like, I didn't come to DC to not go see the Capitol. Let's go to the Capitol. So I made them, <laughs> I made them march up there. I say march up there. So we left way before. And when you I, say I the Capitol, are you talking about the same place that got broke into? Yes. So you were there shortly before it got broke into. Shortly before, maybe like 30 minutes before. And there's a whole other story about that place getting broke in and whether or not that was planned Yeah, by so, people like, by bad actors like Antifa. I bet you there were 20 porta-potties that I actually saw for a million people. And that was over by the the um, the area that we were standing in in the beginning where Trump was going to speak, or where Trump did speak, maybe 20 to 50 for a million people, yeah, fifty porta. So then, whenever we wow. went over to the Capitol, there were no porta potties, no trash cans. Huh? Yeah, I remember asking um, or watching a man ask a Capitol police officer, "Excuse me, sir, where's the trash cans? We don't want to. We're not here to make a mess. We just need to know where the trash cans are." He said, "You're going to have to go into a business because we don't have. They don't have the permit." See that right there tells me that this was all set up to try to fail, to try to make Donald Trump look as bad as possible. I mean, no trash cans. Somebody's standing there holding their hell. If it's even as small as a gun wrap, a gum wrapper, <laughs> yeah, or or an empty Coke bottle, yeah. How easy would it be just to drop it on the on the ground in the midst of a million people? Yeah, absolutely. And that happened. I mean, there was there was trash, but there were no trash cans anywhere. I thought that was very interesting. And you know what? I didn't realize. I saw a group of maybe eight officers walking towards the Capitol. One guy, the leader of the group, opened the small barricade. The leader of the officers. Yeah, the leader of the officers of these eight officers opened the small barricade, shut the small barricade, opened it again. They all walked through and then he was showing them how to open and shut it again, which I thought was very interesting. When you say barricade, I mean, these things are only like waist high, right? Maybe two and a half feet high. Yeah, so, thought, so small barricades. Yes. This is not some national security barbed wire fence type deal. Right. It's very interesting. Like, you think that there would be a little bit more security. There was probably, by the time we got there, like I said, this is like 30 or 40 minutes before, no. It was, an, we left an hour before people were actually inside the Capitol, okay? Because our phones started blowing up when we were sitting down having a steak lunch before we headed out of town. About so, what was going on. About what was going on, yeah. Are, yeah. You on the, are you on the Capitol steps? People are rushing in. Are you there? Are you there? And I'm like, we're eating dinner. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. And I was one of the people that was texting you because yeah. I, I'm back home. I'm hauling corn. Yeah. I'm just working, doing what I do every day. It's like the news stopped the song playing on the radio. The Capitol has been breached by, at that point, is all a bunch of mm-hmm. hayseed, hick, redneck Trump you know supporters. What I, think? I think that so many people understand Trump supporters don't do that. Actually, That's right. your cousin Kent called me on our way home and said, so this wasn't us. We don't do this type of stuff. And I said, I know. No, this was not us. There were some really weird people there, too. Um, and you got the vibe because they didn't talk to anybody. They had a mask over their face. The only thing that was showing was their eyes if they didn't have sunglasses on. But they had the earpieces in. They had It was very, very odd. Earpieces in. Earpieces, yep. Walkie-talkies. Oh. Yeah, very interesting. Yep. Yeah, that's coordinated something. Well, did you have an earpiece in so you could communicate with your mom if you guys got lost? Not at all. We didn't have any cell service when we were there. Zero. Huh. Wonder if that was yeah. by design as well. We we got there, I think about eight o'clock, maybe there were so many people pouring in just, was it because the cell in. phone was jammed? Like just too many people trying to use it at once? Or do you think it was just flat ass turned off? As soon as I got there, I remember texting Mary. She called me, our Congresswoman. She called or I called her, I can't remember. We talked for two minutes and like it was so, it was spotty when I talked to her. Yeah. But then I tried to like upload a Facebook or Instagram or something. That's right. I remember you said that you tried to do that and it yeah. wouldn't let you. No, it wouldn't let me. So I, I'm i assuming it was because there were so many people there. I don't know for a fact that anything was turned off. But when you have a million people in one small area or even just like two oh, city blocks. Of course. I'm sure there's going to be some sort of issue. Well, yeah, I mean, and that stands to reason. I think about going to Talladega to the race, which I've been to NASCAR race at Talladega two or three times. Just for that area, that's a very rural area where that's at, that racetrack is at and yeah. and their cell phone carriers have to bring in mobile antennas mm-hmm. during that weekend to, you know, to take care of all the cell phones that's around there for that really? weekend. Yeah. So I guess I guess maybe that wasn't by design. If you had a million people and then you didn't have all the mobile units for cell phone towers, then yeah, I can see why you'd have problems. Yeah, it was but, very interesting, very interesting. And I was so aggravated whenever I left there. Um, it made us look like idiots, people who were there to stand up to say, you know what, we feel like our vote was not counted fairly and we are here to protest that. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And you had every right to do that. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, 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 I'm going to be the first to tell you, I don't care what any politician says, it does not take a rocket scientist to look at the evidence of a U-Haul truck being backed into the Georgia Dome full of provisional ballots that's already been mm-hmm. that's already been filled out. They have no idea where they've come from mm-hmm. and get dumped in the counting machines at 1 o'clock in the morning. That's what drives me nuts about people saying Trump 2024. Yeah, he might. it might take t- until 2024 to, to figure this all out, but he won 2020, hands down. For sure. And you know what? Yes, and he got it robbed from him. I, I truly believe that. Right or wrong, though, Joe Biden is the president. President. I hate to even say nope. that. I know me and you disagree about nope. that. Well, regard, look how much damage has been done since he's been inaugurated to right now in December of 2021. Yeah. Six how months far in. backwards this country's went. Six months in, it was bad news. Now we're, what, nine? The, um, the amount of money 11. that's been printed out of thin air, which is a tax increase for everyone in mm-hmm. the United States. I think something else is going on behind the scenes that n- very little people know about. <laughs> Cody Gayer, here's the conspiracy theories coming out. Uh, and Tony as well. Don't don't call me a theorist. No, I'm not. You can't. You know what? You wait six months and I'm going to be proving you right. Or Just like pro- 
proven myself right. Didn't Donald Trump Jr. say that? <laughs> he said that the um, difference between a conspiracy theorist and reality is six months. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's really interesting, too. Remember back when, it's been almost two years ago now, it'll be two years in like March or April, whenever I'm like, Ryan, you have to listen to this podcast. Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe Fauci's involved. It's, it has everything to do with North Carolina. There's a medical lab in North Carolina. Then it was shipped over to China. And now it's, you know, it's back in the U.S. And it was all founded. It was all funded by Fauci's lab. This and was so, six months ago. No. Whenever you first showed me that. This was two years ago in March. It was that long ago? Remember? I just felt like it was that podcast? last May or June. Okay. The pot, No. This was way before anything was locked Well, down. I know you told me something about North Carolina and yeah. it's being designed in there and then shipped over to Wuhan. And I, I looked yeah. at you like... Jessica, we're not getting into this conspiracy theory stuff. This is... You have gone way down way too many rabbit holes and you need to just chill out. <laughs> Give Telegram a rest. Yes. And I'm like, well, my heart kind of sunk because I'm like, but what if it's true? And here we are. Just yesterday, I believe, Glenn Beck showed up on Tucker Carlson connecting all the dots for the American people. And another very, very popular conspiracy theorist in the United States realm of media Mm -hmm. is Alex Jones. And where was he just at uh, this past week? Candace Owens' show. Candace Owens is awesome. She's fantastic. Phenomenal woman. That woman has brain. Hey, she has more brains than I'm going to say 50 of me, which that's not saying a whole lot. Well, she's she's fantastic, and she's got a great voice, and uh, she interviewed Alex Jones. But, you know, I think her post was like, we're not supposed to talk to Alex Jones because he's a conspiracy theorist. Well, she's like, we don't follow what everybody else does. That's right. I found that very interesting. Yeah. And then Glenn was spouting truth. On Tucker's show, which is very interesting too. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to take to uh, turn all this around. I do honestly believe that all of this, in order for it to ever get undone, is not going to come from your big wigs in the media. It's not no. going to come from your your congressman, your senator. It's going to start on a very, very local and intimate level. Absolutely. We need to start calling people out here in Wabash County. That's right. Um, that's going to make what General Michael Flynn says a national impact. That's exactly right, because you start doing it on your city block. You don't mm-hmm. start doing it on a grand scale. Yeah. And, and, you know, and as I say that, by me saying call people out, I don't mean make their life hell. I just mean hold them accountable. Hold their feet to the fire. Yeah. You made this decision. You own it. Absolutely. I disagree with this decision. You tell me why I'm wrong and I'll eat my humble pie. Mm-hmm. And that boils all the way down to like masking children in school. Mm-hmm. You can't show me scientific evidence that supports it. Right. There is none. Mm-hmm. But we still got to eat that shit. You're going to comply or else you're not going to get all this COVID money. Yeah. You know, the best one for the best one for me uh, being a school board member here in Wabash County is in, I think it was September's meeting. So I'm going to say it was around September 15th, probably. The school board was required to wear a mask. For all, the, all of you that don't know, I don't wear one. I did last year, and that was basically to play well with others and once again thinking this will all go away at some point it's not going away so guess who's standing at the door of the school board meeting before i walk into the cafeteria where we hold the meeting our superintendent some other administrator i can't even remember who it was it was a woman but i can't remember who it was and a city cop to make sure you're wearing your mask yeah i put my mask on and i went to the meeting 
and for some reason I didn't take it off. Well, I remember why. Uh, that meeting had something happen that I was in support of, and I didn't want to do anything to reverse that. And that, right. that was the fact that uh, our superintendent announced that we are out of the COVID testing business, and we're going to leave all that to the health department, which I thought was great, and I wanted to see that go through. So I wasn't going to rock that boat. Right. But I tell you what, they do that shit again. Here's the thing. It's not a law, and that is a government piece of property. You own, you as a taxpayer own that school. I, as a taxpayer, own part of that school. It is not a law. You're exactly right. It is not a law that you put a mask over As well face. as the taxpayers voted for me to go in and sit in that seat. And represent them. And represent yep. them. That doesn't, mean I, that doesn't mean I represent all voters because some of them disagree with me. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. But I just, you know, I sit back and I wonder, and if this happens again, we're going to find out. Whenever that city cop is standing there and I don't put my, my face diaper on and I just walk right in, what the hell is going to happen? I'll tell you what, that'd make a good TikTok live. The superintendent would probably charge you with trespassing. All right. Haul me off. I'm just saying. That'll make a great national headline. Yeah. Elected school board member charged with trespassing at scheduled meeting. Because you wouldn't wear a mask. Because I wouldn't wear a face diaper. Let, yeah. let, let. CNN, let Fox News, MSNBC twist that story completely up. Yeah. But man, that'd be a good one. Yeah. It's going to take that. It is. It's going to, that's what I mean. The the local level thing. Yeah. It's going to take, stop doing business. Stop. It's going to take your dollars, putting your dollars where your mouth is, putting your money where your mouth is. Absolutely. Stop doing businesses, business, spending money with people who. Force a mask. Force a mask. That's I, we've done that. Force a jab. And we don't need to go into the whole story, but. Right. But. Yeah, the, the reason that uh, our 16-year-old has braces from a certain orthodontist is because the first consultation we got with a different orthodontist was a freaking mask Nazi. Absolutely. And we just said, we're not we're not going to wear a mask. Well, we then you're walked not, out. Yeah, and we just walked out. We took yeah. our business elsewhere. Yeah, you have to wear a mask in here if you're going to be here. Well, we have health exemptions, and the answer is, well, we have a mask policy for all families. Okay. Yeah, well, how are you going to check his teeth with a mask on? See you later. We're not doing. We're not spending any money with you. That's and right. you know, braces are five thousand dollars or better. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of dough. Yeah, but so. that's, this is the world we live in, folks. You guys are living in it with us. Yeah. Well, we've been on for thirty three minutes. It's been a great podcast. Great opening podcast. You think it? I hope. I hope your listeners think it has. I I feel like <laughs> well, hell. <laughs> Seems like we're entertaining ourselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think somebody would have turned it off yet. Uh, let's hope not. Right. Well. I, so what can people expect out of your podcast? Are you going to talk? We've talked about politics. We've talked about kids. We've talked about school board. You, you know, know, local levels impacting a national level. So what what can your listeners expect out of you? Uh, we're going to talk about everything. It's not always going to be masks and COVID, obviously. I mean, I would lose everyone if that was every program. Right. You know, I'm a very busy guy in, in spring and fall, so I will have some uh, podcasts recorded in the hopper of stuff that just is going to be interesting. Mysteries, you know, mysteries, na- national mysteries. Okay, I'll give I'll give the details of them. Explain uh, certain theories of what may have happened. Oh, um, I'm interested. Oh, I, I've got a couple in the hopper here that I haven't done yet. I got to do some research, but the I can hopper. put together some fun. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, some mysteries would be fun. I'm gonna t- I'm I'm gonna do some history lessons. You know, okay. just last night we were watching TV and and briefly they talked about the Doolittle Raid. Uh-huh. You know, America's first strike against Japan after Pearl Harbor. Uh-huh. And I read Jimmy Doolittle's book. That was a fantastic read. That's a you know what? That is a phenomenal story. It is. 
You want to talk about guys with balls. I'm talking big Kahunes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could. I don't want to go into that story. I want to save it for a podcast. Okay, but, save it for later. But I, I'm sure you'll hear about that at some point. We're going to talk about stuff that's really fun and easy to talk about. Mm-hmm. Crack up, laugh. Uh, Jessica will be here probably a lot. I've got one. Oh, yeah. I'm honored. Well, hell yeah. Okay. Everybody loves you. Aw, that's real sweet. <laughs> uh, I, I got a best friend, uh, besides Jessica, that uh, has no social media whatsoever uh, at all. So he, his viewpoint on everything is probably going to be well, completely unpolluted mm-hmm. by social media. I'll probably have him on. He's one of the smartest and funniest guys I know. So he might be on, I'm thinking, I'm hoping he'll come on once a month, but I can't guarantee that. Yeah. We're going to talk about stuff that's really hard. You know, a, a discussion that I began with uh, with someone over the holiday, and you know who this person is, was about domestic violence and how I'm listening to a little bit of their story. You know, basically a husband that was beaten on his wife. And I'm just like, well, why don't you just leave? Why, oh, yeah. Why did you yeah. stay in that? How did, yeah, the manipulation how, of it. Yeah, how hard... You got a black eye. Yeah. Why do? Why are you not filing for divorce and getting the hell out? Yeah. And the psychological stuff associated with that that I have never thought about, mm-hmm. and the way these people manipulate, mm-hmm. uh, I think would be worthy of a program. That's going to be a tough one to talk about. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Ryan keeps saying program. We call our shows the ones that we watch, which we only watch like one or two. Uh, we call those programs. And uh, so anything that we subscribe to, we call programs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to have guests on that uh, from time to time that are just, they're going to be awesome. I've talked to Tony Reed, Growing Corn 2020. He, okay. he said that he would like to be on the program. Okay. Uh, Cody Gayer, I believe, will sit in okay. a couple times with us. Nice. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe just once, who knows, but that, those two guys are a couple of my really, really good friends. Ken Timmons. Nice. Crave Crave News. He's starting his internet news program. Yeah. So interesting story about Crave News is they started in California. California shut down, so they picked up and moved over to Tennessee. Yeah, they're in Nashville now. <laughs> but that You wouldn't know much about Crave News. They haven't launched yet, but they're mm-hmm. coming. They and tried to, and then they shut them down. Yeah, so. they tried to launch, got shut down by everything. But yeah. Crave News is going to be an internet television news type programming. I've been asked to be on a couple of their shows as a guest, Um, so you might see me on the internet TV type deal there, but Kent's daughter, Aubrey Anderson Emmons, Mm -hmm. you might know her from Modern Family as Lily. Yes. Uh, She comes out to the house once a year. Uh, You bet your rear end, whenever she's out here, I'm going to have her as a guest. If she agrees, ask her about Hollywood, the stuff that we rural folks never would know. Kent's done a really great job at trying to keep her her life as normal as possible, though, because she's been in it since she was a baby. So he's he's been really good at, like, keeping her grounded. Exactly. Exactly. She's a great kid. Yeah. Great kid. Sweet girl. This is the type of stuff that you can expect. It's not all going to be politics because I don't I don't want to talk about politics all the time, but I will when it when we need to. I think that's where the majority of our problems come from is whenever preachers stopped speaking politics. Preachers and churches? Yes. Yeah, as long as they don't go overboard. Go of overboard. Yeah. We need to be talking about the the godlessness of of the left side. Oh, now that's not overboard. That's the truth. Right. Right. Since, uh, yeah. So, so I mean, because what was it in Virginia? They had a 93% Christian turnout in yeah. this past election. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. But th- these are the things. These are the things that, that we'll be talking about. Yeah, awesome. And, and, and you know, this program will evolve. It, it'll, it, we'll get better ideas. We'll, we'll be more structured, have 
Well, maybe not. Hell, this really wasn't too structured, and I thought it was a hell of a good show. I think we'll call it good right there. What do you okay, think? Okay, sounds great. All right. 40 minutes in, the first Bushels and Barrels podcast is over. But I thank you guys so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Probably next Friday, if I were guessing. Okay. But you were born an American. Don't forget to be one. Adios. Adios.